Closing out the week on Ovia's and Gilio with a technological adventure. It's the beauty of doing things live to tape, folks. We'll be joined by Rod Brindamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Get his thoughts on the end of the season and how they're going to approach the offseason. And Elliot Avon, head coach, NC State Baseball, on getting back to the tournament and how trying this season was. Uh, here we go again. We know y'all be listening. The OG back and better than it's ever been. Blast from the past, you know that our pace is fast. And if you wanna sub, we got something for you to smash. Five stars with them positive vibes. Don't miss a beat week to week, you just gotta subscribe. Even if your team's got you hella mad, don't worry, we write our prescriptions on a yellow pad. So settle in, y'all, this is gonna be fun. Cause when it comes to hot takes, two is better than one. From beer to the canes to the ACC, who knows more about this than us, the OG? Let's podcast alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovias. Um, did I miss the memo, Joe? Were, were we supposed to go to the recording space before the recording space in downtown Raleigh was even finished? Like, what, what are we doing here? You know, after last week's, or was it earlier this week? My, my days are getting confused. Um, we had what? I had some Wi-Fi issues. You did? And you I did. figured the best way around a Wi-Fi issue was to go where somewhere where I knew we had a hardline Ethernet connection, which is here, Eford Studios, downtown on Fayetteville Street. Yeah. Our friends at Empire Properties. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, you got to crack a few eggs and make sure the AC works, too, because you you, you don't want to be sweating in here with me. Well, you wear you a be hoodie. You wear, you wear a hoodie all the time. Have you thought about maybe wearing a tank top in there? It is June. <laughs> it is June. You can take the hoodie off. Listen, when I left the house this morning, it was kind of cold. So okay. I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with all of it. So it was, that's Dave back there? Yeah, Dave. Thank you, Dave. All right. Did Dave, did Dave fix the thermostat? Well, uh, apparently, you know, um, in the year of our Lord, 2023, there are issues with people who probably crank it way too low. Yeah. Those yeah, type of things. Yeah. Because they wear so, hoodies inside all the time. Okay, well, don't blame me. I'm, I'm okay with a little bit of a schwitz. I, I, it doesn't bother me. You were the one who was here last week. It was no, it's really hot in here. And I'm like, I'll, okay, I'll, well, I'll, I'll jokes I'll all, jokes, all jokes aside, when it was you, me, and Ethan in that in that room, and I was you know busy connecting things and trying to get an idea of where everything was, and I I started to like, I'm not that much of a sweater, you know. Like, shout out to Eshbaugh. Eshbaugh will sweat for not like just drinking water he'll sweat yeah it, it's insane uh he's gary williams he really is and again look everybody's body is different i'm not saying i don't sweat i'm just simply saying that when i know i'm inside and i'm working up a sweat yeah uh, it, it gets a, it gets a little stuffy anyway uh <laughs> <so> <laughs> look folks when we started this thing and we told you that we were going to be completely transparent about everything. <laughs> I was not kidding. That includes saying, Hey man, we got to get recording. And while Dave's working on that, we just got to go with it. And I thought it was great to have um, Dave's legs in the background as he was yeah. working on the thermostat. Plus, and we started the show. And also I'm getting ready to go see you. And you know, yeah. I, I, sometimes we wonder who was it? Steve Forbes said, my guy, Joe, and, and you know, kind of gets us into a, a conundrum who the real joe is well i think yes. we have the answer um our, our keys and our fob to get in this building okay yeah. you ready for yours okay you see it this is joe obvious yeah yeah it says my name on there i that, see that. that that's you yeah oh boy i, I gotta 
Got to pick up my ego a little bit here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the courtesy Joe. <laughs> like yeah we know we know the radio guy we know the yeah, real yeah, star we know that guy. Well, wait a minute wait, hold up hold up you're hatem's guy okay <laughs> just saying you you are yeah, that you one are right. the owner's guy like come on now come on now. <laughs> it just means anyway <laughs> that's funny that's that's funny <laughs> not uh not as funny as some of the stuff coming out of sec meetings not sec media days the sec media days aren't until july but i feel like we got a, a kickstart to this based on what they do at destin uh, we got it, there's a couple different things to look at there's the there's the scheduling conversation which we talked about earlier in the week and just the way the sec goes about it right the sec basically acts as though what they do really does move the needle for all of college football when they decide they're going to do something they are the leaders in the space and everybody's going to follow suit. On one hand, it's eye roll inducing the way Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, talks about their conference. But on the other hand, with the results and the way college football tends to follow the leader, I, I, what can I say? It's, 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 it's really, a, I'm, I'm kind of defeated. And I just go, yeah, man, scoreboard. You guys keep winning everything. And we're seeing this with the college, uh, the baseball tournament as well. The SEC is paying coaches crazy amounts of money. They're hosting all the all the regionals, uh, even when they have concerts in Kentucky and they don't have enough hotel rooms. And Campbell had all the space in the world at a minor league ballpark in Fayetteville. Didn't matter because the SEC is just running everything right now. And all I can do is just be like, yeah, well, fine. I can I can rage against the machine, but the machine's going to win here because the SEC is the machine. Yeah, I was going to say to you, spot the lie here. What? Are, what right, are I know. Doing? Like, look, like I said, all I can do is just throw my hands up because I can. As, as I, I'm like old man yelling at Cloud when it comes to how the SEC just runs everything. But what am I going to do? Right? They, they are. Well, and also I love the they balk they've walked themselves into a rare corner here by not allowing the expanded conference schedule to be a price point. And now you hear, you know, allegedly from Kentucky. Well, if it's just about money, that's not something that we should be doing. And it's like, okay, all uh, right, yeah, guys, uh, I, I yeah, can't sure. handle any of this stuff. Sure, uh, sure because sure. to your point, you know, the, and yes, there are exceptions to the rule. I'm, I'm looking at you, Texas football. I'm looking at you, um, Ohio State basketball, for example. But you know, for the most part, the, the he who has the most money is the one who wins. Yes. And in the SEC right now, you know, they have the most money. They're pouring the most resources into the sports that they care about, which are football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball. Those are, those are the sports they care about. Now look who's yeah. winning those sports. Look who's winning the national championships in those sports. It's not a coincidence. So as long as they're going to run things and be super successful at them, well, they, you know, we're going to have to play a little bit by their rules. So to your point about we got to play by the rules and to my point that I can sit here and roll my eyes and just – I want to roast the SEC, but spot the lie. Here's Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, on with Paul Feinbaum. And he was asked a question about nine games or eight. There's a lot of teams that want to stay at eight. They feel like they feel like uh, it's already difficult enough in the SEC, and they don't want to add more losses when they don't have to. And Feinbaum asked him a question about, like, well, do you feel like if you stick at eight games that it's going to hinder you in the college football playoff selection committee and 
Greg Sankey had a classic scoreboard response. If it ends up being eight and we move to 12 in the CFP next year, whether that will be held against the league, even if it's in a, in a short-term situation. Well, I think we ended that football season with a 65-7 to seven win in the I National remember that night. game. And, <laughs> and if the indictment somehow is going to be that we don't play the highest level of college football, then somebody's not actually watching football games. And we're at eight, but we have uh, a requirement that you play an additional game against a, a non-conference opponent from one of our colleague conferences uh, or major independent. The major independent numbers are changing right now. Um, the eight format arguably has worked really well as the helicopter goes by. Um, the nine format can work really well. So I think pundits, coaches, analytics people can make a bunch of different arguments, but I actually think either one of those models will keep us very secure in, uh, in the college football playoff consideration. So there you go. There's Commissioner Greg Sankey on with Paul Feinbaum this week from those SEC meetings, Joe. And I can't argue with anything that he's said. You know, they, they, continue, they continue to win, and in the biggest moments, like the college football playoff, they win those games too. So if it ain't broke, you don't have to fix it. The only thing that you would be doing for nine games is more rivalry games, more inventory for ESPN, and more money. And if there's one thing we also know about Greg Sankey, they love to point to the scoreboard, not just on the football field or the college baseball diamond or the you know basketball with what they're paying their coaches. They also want to show you they're the richest, and that's what they're in competition with with the Big Ten. And I can see where nine games, if they can get ESPN to dole out some more cash, they will absolutely do it. That's where, that's where, the, that's where the game of chicken is right now. They don't know what ESPN is going to be comfortable paying on top of what they're already paying now. Well, think of it this way. ESPN just made a contract with them and, and gave them a significant raise, basically, right? And now the new part, and they're a, new, a relatively new partner, an exclusive partner, because before, remember, it was only one game a week on CBS, but it was the best game every week on CBS. They had the first choice. Yes. So I, I think you have a new relation, relatively new exclusive, let's call it an, a new exclusive relationship. Sure. They were dating and now they're, now they're engaged on their way to being married. And, you know, the first compromise that you're asked to make is, well, I want more. I want, I, well, Hey babe, I, uh, I, I fix, I load the dishwasher and I fold the laundry. Okay, well, I, now I need you to clean the toilets too, and you're like, well, wait a second, that wasn't part of the deal, yeah, right? And then, now all of a sudden, you're like, well, how do I add some of these tasks without a reward, right? <laughs> so the SEC is, the, and, and let's be clear here because I think Greg Sank actually misspoke. The goal yeah. for the SEC isn't to win the national championship; they're already winning the national championship, and regardless of the format, they're going to win the national championship. 80% of the time, let's say, mm -hmm. okay? The goal for the SEC is, is keeping some of these other schools happy. South Carolina, Missouri, Arkansas. And you might, you might roll your eyes at that, but they're the ones who are protesting right now because they're the ones who are on the fringe of needing a sixth win to qualify for a bowl game. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are basically like, here, you're making me eat a shit sandwich and you're not going to give me any barbecue sauce to put on it. When I've already paid for the sandwich, I'm already happily finishing fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth and 10th place. I yeah. have no problem with that because you're paying me to finish in those, in those, in those spaces. 
But if you want me to add more losses, you're going to have to pay me more. That's what they that's what they need to look at. Georgia's going to be fine. Alabama, even when Saban's gone, I'll 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 mm. go out on a limb and say Dabo gets there and they'll be fine. But ultimately, this isn't about the tippy top of the conference. Yeah. This is about those teams at the middle and the bottom of the conference. As we love to say about Vanderbilt, who, who the heck knows what you really do? But the truth of the matter is, as long as they're giving them giving them a seat at the table and giving them a cut of the money, well, then they have a right. They have a right to express what they think is fair and not fair. Yeah. And playing an eight game schedule to them seems fair. Yeah. Now, if you want to prostitute yourself and, and add the ninth game, I think that's ultimately where this ends up. Yeah. But I don't blame the SEC for saying, well, that's not in our contract because at some point the rules are the rules, Joe. And if you put them in a contract, well, then you got to follow those rules. Well, to Nick, to to your point about Nick Saban, that's another aspect of these SEC meetings that I, I find reductive. And we're going to go through this again in July when we go to ACC kickoff and people start bringing up gambling. Because by that point, here in North Carolina, the gambling bill should go through. So coaches are obviously going to have something to say about that. They're going to get asked questions about that. And they're going to get questions about name, image, and likeness and what's happening with the NCAA and Congress and guardrails and everything else. Uh, as Matt Brown, our friend from the Extra Points newsletter, pointed out this week, I'm getting tired of these conversations. And these conversations have been having have been happening for 100 years. He points out that the whole name, image, and likeness thing dates back to the early days of college sports where people were up in arms over athletes promoting beer back in the day or tobacco back in the day. It's not like athletes haven't had deals before and everybody freaks out about it. The names have changed. The amount of money has changed. Technology has changed. But the basic arguments that college sports continues to lose, and that is what student athletes are bringing to the table and the money that comes with it, it's always going to go in 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 that direction. Are, are you Whether recording you, on the reggae horn today or no? No, I'm not. I'm not. No. Do I need to do a reggae air horn when I say student athletes? Yeah, bong yourself there. Please. Yeah, you know what? You're right. When we get into the space, I'll have student athlete uh, swear jar. Like Don't. I got to put a dollar into it. You it's know? probably not going to be a great idea to give me access to the reggae horn and the other. No, no, that's going to stay on my side of the table. It's going to stay on my side. But anyway, to to back to Nick Saban though. He's sitting here talking about, oh, well, you know, we might as well just become the NFL. We might as well just unionize and all these other things. And? Right. And it's like he's saying, and? like, it's this bad thing. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, okay, cool. Yes, you should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> or, like, it's like Eli Drinkwitz, right? Our The old offensive coordinator at NC State, Eli Drinkwitz. Um, he's he's a real one. And I, I'm yeah. being genuine about that. Eli sometimes gets a little too caught up in it, right? And he was he was asked a question about gambling and where things are headed. And he decided to, to, to bring, bring it back to name, image, and likeness. And he said, yeah, my brother's a pediatrician, and I got players who are making more money than my brother who's a pre pediatrician, and he saves lives. Well, you know who else makes more money than your brother? You do, Eli. Are you saving lives? Now, I'm sure there are some SEC people out there that would say, well, absolutely. By God, he is saving lives. He's played SEC football. That's what I need in my life. Cool, but like you can't sit here and be all up in arms about the fact that, oh my goodness, my brother is not making as much as a player. Yes, so are you, and you coach a football team, man, and not very well either, all right? Because it's not like they're happy with Eli Drinkwitz uh, at uh, at Missouri right now, but he had to go on fine, mom, because this thing had blown up on social media. He was claiming that he was taken out of context and everything else. So here's Eli with fine, mom, trying to explain things. I think yesterday was a little bit of a, um, uh, disingenuous approach to, to media, to be quite honest. I don't think 
uh, my my quote that made the rounds on media was taken in in any type of context at all. I was referring to the fact that I love the fact that our players make NIL, and and I think that's awesome. I've been one of the one of the leaders in the forefront of that. I mean, uh, our state law is one of the most progressive state laws out there. That I'm fighting for our players to have the ability to earn uh, uh, finances off of their name, image, and likeness. What I want everybody to understand is that there's unintended consequences with giving 18 to 22 year olds a large sum of money. And I think that's what there needs to be an understanding of is we're not talking about players making 10 or $12,000 a year. We're talking about guys that are making six figures, seven figures, which is awesome. But with that much money comes a different set of responsibilities. And if we're not careful, we're going to look back in four and five years and we're going to be just like the NFL and the NBA where 78% of those professional athletes after five years removed from playing in the NFL or NBA are bankrupt. Okay, where 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 do you, where do you want to where do you want to start with that? Where do you want to start with that? Uh, according to the Googles, Eli Drinkwitz has a contract that gives him six times five, so thirty-two million dollars over the mm-hmm. next five years, thirty-three million dollars over the next five years. Which I don't know how much of that do you think he owes to Ryan Finley? <laughs> <laughs> Serious? Probably a good percentage of that, yeah. right? And one year at App State. So there is there but, is that one season at App State that helped catapult him a little bit. Because remember, they went to Chapel Hill and they won and all that stuff. So just backtracking, if he doesn't yeah. come to Boise, from to State from Boise mm-hmm. and bring Ryan Finley with him yeah. and have the success at NC State that they did, he doesn't get the App State job. The App State job, remember, was a Scott Satterfield special. Um, I'm not suggesting that. A replacement level coach could have won double digit games with that team. But what you're saying is something I agree with. Satterfield had that program poised. Okay. Sure. Poised. And, and, and he won and games just, that he needed to win. He beat Carolina, yeah. he beat South Carolina, and he got himself an SEC job. Mm-hmm. Totally get that part. But it, it is disingenuous to sit here and act like the players who are earning your salary and are putting you in a position for generational wealth for you and your family. That it, to sit here and say that they don't deserve any kind of cut of it because they won't be able to handle it. Yeah. And I'm not going to go full Vietnam draft war here on you. If you can, you know, be drafted and go to war and die for your country at 18, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. probably go make money for your, your school. Um, but I do think there is something to, you know, I got a kid who's 18, just, just turned 18 in April and is getting ready to go to school. And yeah, there's, there's, that could be scary as hell. Mm-hmm. Sending them off to college and letting them go live on their own, but they have to go make their choices. They have to go live their life. That that's what you've spent the last eighteen years preparing them for. And I, I can't sit here and micromanage him the rest of his life. He's a grown ass adult, right? Like, yep. he has to learn how to make decisions. He's going to fail at some things, but guess what? We all did. We learned from them. Look, and while is- it is noble to think about the NFL players who go bankrupt, and there's certainly an education, I. There's a lot of there are a lot of people who go bankrupt at all levels of income. Okay, but this gets to my central point. We'll close on this. Last time I checked, college coaches position themselves as somebody who does more than just X's and O's. Right. You go to college, you basically go to houses, you talk to parents and you tell them you can trust your kid with me. I'm going to help them make I'm going to they're going to become a man under me. Okay. well, this is all part of it. And you can't sit here and hand ring over the amount of money they might be making because <gasps> they might do X, Y, Z. There's a lot of might X, Y, Z in all facets of life. And it's all just disingenuous. And it gets back to, to Matt Brown's point. 
we keep having the same conversation every single year and you keep making the same points as though they're novel points. And every single step of the way, you come to find out that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. The SEC is in a power position with all this stuff going on, and that's not going to change. The Blue Bloods are still going to get the top-level recruits because there's an investment level that takes place at those schools to keep the top talent coming in. Now, the money and where it goes might shift. It might not show up in a smoothie bar or a slide or a bowling alley, and it goes directly to the players. But what's the ultimate game here? To have a good football team, right? Well, that's that's going to continue. It's not going to change in any way, shape, or form. And that's what I always say about Nick Saban in the long run. Every time Nick Saban talks on these matters, he's not talking about himself. He's not talking about other schools. He's talking directly to his boosters, like he did last summer when he got into it with Jimbo Fisher. He's talking directly to his boosters, saying, if you want this train to keep rolling, this is the requirement. I don't really think that's... I wish they'd be more upfront about it, but here we are. Housekeeping. I got the bad for rating shirt on today, Joe. You can Looks buy great. yours at breakingtea.com slash OG. We're on Instagram as well. Check out OG Triangle Media on Instagram. And did you golf yesterday? Uh, did, you just yeah. cha- did you just did you just change the table too? I did. I'm trying to make it look better. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Folks, if you're listening on the podcast, you're truly missing out on some gems <laughs> on YouTube. Truly missing out on some gems on YouTube, which uh, we are approaching 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. We appreciate everybody who's uh, followed so far. And once we get to 4,000 subscribers, you and I will drink some brass monkey on that ice. Oof. Yeah? No? Oof. Fair enough. You want to go out to Wilmington and go drink that on the beach? I definitely. Do that? I would prefer that, yes. Okay. Maybe we Be should able to jump into the we Atlantic. Can, <laughs> you know, we can holler at, uh, we can holler at Jim Roberts. Uh, be like, hey, maybe there's some sort of what's the exit? We've exit, we've exited on 4,000 subscribers. Here's how we celebrate. Now, all jokes aside, Wilmington actually is uh, one of, if not the hottest spots for startups. Uh, the entrepreneurial network that you have access to with new, and you can check them out at newilm.com, really opens up some doors. And again, there's a lot of success stories that come out of Wilmington. Yeah, you can find Jim on LinkedIn or Facebook. And again, if you're just, it's an independent nonprofit group. They help entrepreneurs with sales, marketing, mentor options, investment pitch training, you name it, they do it. Uh, Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington, where the river of innovation meets an ocean of possibilities. You know where we're going after this show? I know where we're going. I'm excited because I feel like I'm going to get a chance to say, you're right, Joe. (laughs) Oh, because of this, the strip versus the... uh... The, the ribeye debate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll see how that goes. The You know what, though? It doesn't matter. Your favorite cut of meat is your personal choice. If you like ribeye, Butcher's Market's got that. If you like strip like I do, they got that, too. I'm a big fan of their steak tips as well. They have all that stuff. And if you want to be specific, they can handle that as well. It is a Butcher's Market. I remember I went in not that long ago uh, to get some pork for some cuban style pork and i need like a bone-in shoulder and yeah they took care of it they went to the back cut up and i was good to go that's the butcher's market for you yeah the butchersmarkets.com they got six locations raleigh carry wake forest holly springs and of course wilmington where we are huge for all of your grilling needs next weekend is father's day go get yourself the signature steak tips you will not be disappointed move on
right, Joe, we talked to Rod Brindamore yesterday. We went to the Canes exit meeting, and uh, it was Don Waddell, general manager, president of um, of the Canes, and Rod Brindamore just kind of getting you know general questions about uh, where things are headed and you know what you know what they got to do in the offseason. But Brindamore was kind enough to meet up with us after this conversation. And the reason why I bring up that press conference first is because there's an interaction between you, me, and Brindamore in terms of how he was responding to some of our, our questions versus how he was responding to some of the questions in that press conference. Uh, you all will enjoy what he has to say. About a week since, and I agree with you, after the after the series ended, it wasn't a sweep. I mean, it's a sweep technically, but it didn't feel like a sweep. Now that you've had some time to process and go back and look at it, you feel stronger about that? Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, we went into that series knowing they're, in our mindset, okay, they got one of the highest offenses in the league. They mm-hmm. score at high rate. We got to shut that down. And if you just, if you take that overtime out, they were 20 shots a game. That's you couldn't. You said to me, "We're going to play them four times and get twenty shots." I say we win all four. Mm-hmm. That's now the overtime. In the first game they got forty, so that's a whole game in itself. So that game wasn't as good, mm-hmm. but that's and we still had a chance to win that game, plenty of chances. So that that's the hard part. I would, you know, you, you get swept. You think, okay, we, if you were to say we were going to get swept, I said, well, we gave up forty shots a night, and yeah. that, that's not what happened. So that's what that's where it's hard. And we create enough offense to score in every game. So they're. I don't know what else we could have done. Yeah, can we have been better here and there? Of course. But we, we did what we came in to try to do in that series. It just their goalie was the difference. J- Jillian and I have noticed in our years of talking to players and coaches that you remember you remember the losses sometimes a yeah. little bit more than you do the wins. And I feel like this one yeah. hit a little bit different, especially in the way that you're talking about it now. Totally. And that's why you got to sometimes you take a step back and then you just got to say, well, that was a hell of a year. Like probably the best year we've had, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, just what, what went on during the year. All the stuff that we were able to do that the, obviously the stadium series game was kind of a capper. But. I mean, the, the winning streaks, we just never really had a bad, had a couple bad yeah. games, and then it was like, that was it. Like, we just kept going. So that, that was, you know, that's going to be hard to replicate. It's, it's the NHL. I mean, it's hard to do that. So we had a great year. Even the finish, I thought, I loved the way we played. We had one bad game in the playoffs, and it yeah. wasn't in that series. It was in a different series. So, um, like I said, again, I, at the hard part, you're gonna, we're going to look back on this, or at least I will, and think, what if we had the right group, like meaning our group together, healthy? This yeah. it's a different story. Now, that's part of it. You, you know, injuries are part of it. We've seen it every year, unfortunately. Last year was Freddie was not in the games. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't in any of those games. And then the year before, if we forget, Troch and Niederreiter went out. And get, like, it's tough to win at that time of year when you're missing pieces. Like, I, nobody's playing right now if they have those kind of guys out. That's just facts. I'm not going to suggest that you like us better than the media at large, but you seem very perfunctory during the press conference itself. But now your your eyes are alive here. Well, you're asking me the right questions. Okay. <laughs> you're asking, I'll take that as a compliment. These questions, are wait, there's no answers to them. You guys already know the answers that they're asking. So, and it's a waste of everyone's time for me to just elaborate. But your eyes are alive. Yeah. You're alive. Yeah. Can you square this is what I'm getting at. Because I know as a player... You feel like you're in control and you can handle yeah. the outcomes, right? Yeah. As a coach, you're such a process guy that I'm I'm wondering if you're going to be able or, or how long it'll take you to square this thing no, and no, what had happened. It's, it's, it's over. It's over. Okay. And then you're already looking at, okay, like we're talking about, how do we move forward? Like what's the next step? Well, the next step is who do you need to keep? 
who do you try to, you know, if there are guys to leave, who are they, you know what I mean? It's all about that to, to try to replicate or get to the next step, you know, and that's, that's the, the hard part. The hard part is you bring in players that, you know, they got to take care of themselves, and, you know, and it's that, that's the tricky part is putting together the team. Tom was super analytical with us, and is there some solace in the fact that if you did play that thing a thousand times, maybe you win it? 850 yeah, out of those I'm not, a, I'm not I, I, we're like the polar opposites <laughs> okay on, 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 he was, and we both yeah. agree to disagree on that and, <laughs> and but we, we try to find common ground but yeah I don't I mean okay we're not going to be around it and that the thousandth time that it hits right like I don't right you know <laughs> all right so this is uh my favorite game to play with you is explain like I'm five okay the, the common refrain after the exit was the Canes have to get tougher. Yeah. They need a guy that's more of a past X, Y, Z. The other team is doing the face wash, the extra stuff after the whistle. The Canes don't do that. That's a good point. What is, a, but here's the point on that. So we're told that that's going to be penalties going to be called. So we make an effort to refrain from that because they're supposed to call it. Mm-hmm. But it's five years of it and they haven't. Yeah, so I would you say, you know, in the playoffs, that stuff. Yeah, goes but not, they were told. We were told too. Same thing. Okay. Come to you. Come to the bench and say you're okay. not going to do it. And then, like that's that's frustrating. Then, so if it's not going to be, then then you have to readjust probably how you approach it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how we move forward on okay. that. Yeah. No, I guess in another way, are you capable? Are your players capable of doing that? I guess that's the Everybody, question. It's phony toughness. There's okay. no fighting. <laughs> there's zero fighting. When was the last no, time you not. saw a fight in the playoffs? It's not about that. It's about trying to do it right and try to stick with the okay. rules that you're being told to draw the penalty that you're supposed to have and take the punch to the face that you tell your players to do because they're going to get and now we okay. take advantage of it. If it's not going to be called, then you have to you're going to have to do it too, which just is that just blows slows the game down and everything else, but that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. Anybody's capable of doing that. That's easy. That's The phony toughness part is easy. Okay. When you actually have to back it up, that's when it gets a little tougher. In, in the immortal words of Cat Barber, that's the rah-rah fake tough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give me any of this rah-rah fake stuff. Just watch it. They're not, nobody's fighting. Those they're guys smiling are smiling half the time. They, they know that you're not going to take the extra step to drop a glove because okay. then guess who's going down like they've been shot right the guys that the guys that start all that well we almost saw it in the playoffs where it happened behind the net with brent burns did a little and yeah, the guy went down yeah, the same guy that's yeah. absolutely doing it just looking at the ref trying to sell calls like that's where this game has gotten to that's a whole nother issue okay. the selling of stuff like they got a we're turning into soccer and some of this stuff and that's we can't have that <laughs> you said it and it, you want to be judged by the team you put together how you coach them how you lead them right but it does feel like this year in particular you, you pick up patches for a specific reason yeah. to be a scorer and a difference maker in the playoffs obviously andre and the long-term deal that you guys the commitment that you made to him shows what you think of him is it hard now in year five to think that you really haven't had a square look at this thing yeah. with as with a healthy Another good group for you to sit here and go okay well judge me judge me based on this not or is that too much of a no no you're hitting the round you're okay. at you guys are on the right track of where this should have been in my opinion gone not oh you guys lost in four you're no good that's not that's the narrative that was getting thrown out this is more where it should be and yeah i mean i'm with you on Man, I wish we could have had all these pieces together, but you can't. You can't dwell on that. I, I look at the positive that last summer we said we needed a need. We got to get goal scoring. They went out and got the best guy in the market at the time. That was the best guy by far. Perfect. Well, it didn't didn't work. 
not because we didn't try, because now what are we going to, we'll have our meetings, but it's okay, and we'll see. So I get, I actually, I'm, I'm like, I'm on the other side, but I'm, it's a positive thing because we are trying to address whatever it is that we feel we got to do to get over the hump. Okay. And we've pretty much done it every year. We've tried to add that piece, add that piece, and it just hasn't hit in the playoffs because of really just unfortunate unfortunate stuff. We'll close on this. Um, Jordan Stahl is an unrestricted free agent. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He's part of that leadership group. What are your conversations? What are they like? What are they going to be like in that you have the older player and younger guys coming up who also might find themselves in leadership positions? You don't know anything about that. You don't know anything about this, Rod. So what kind of conversations do you have with Jordan about that? We already had it. We've had had him all year. I had him at the end of the year already with him. This this is easy. You know, like he... He's not going anywhere. It, it, you know, is, is he going to have to bend a little? Are we going to have to bend? Someone has to do a little something there mm-hmm. to just actually be done with it. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, he's our guy. He's still, for me, there's zero drop-off. He's been, if there's anyone that just keeps playing the exact same way, just plowing through, it's him. Mm-hmm. And so that one's easy. So I don't, the other guys have, you have sometimes tougher questions because they are different spots in their careers. Sure. You know, but he's he's made his money. He's you know, this is his team. He's not going. He's anywhere. got other goals he wants to. Hit. Yeah, and so there are different pressures on other guys. You know, no doubt, and that's the hard part. They get agents involved who have no emotional attachment, and they know what they can get here. And then, then I've seen it happen time and again. It's happened every year. We've lost a player to the bigger money. Yep. Who calls us back two months later and goes, "Why did I do that?" But but it's. It's, it's this is the nature of the game right now, and I can't blame players for doing that because at the end, when it's all over, you know, what do they have? They have what they put in their right. pocket to go on. So he lied. We got one more question. <laughs> Your work ethic is legendary. How many days off as a coach do you take? Uh, I don't know what a day off really means anymore. Like, because even when I don't come into the rink, you're you're on your computer or you're on a phone. Yeah. So now it's become. Who are you calling? You know, and then you're so you're never really off. But that's that's actually how I like it. I, I feel like if no, I can't. You, no, no, I, I like taking days away, but still being able to get something accomplished. So. I, I, I understand there might be a Hazen Tree match with uh, Sydney Lowe as well in, in the world. Well, he's ducking me like you wouldn't believe. Oh, so, oh, yeah, I, I heard know. you take I mean, strokes I'm though. Really, I heard you're taking no, strokes. No, 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 he's trying to get them, and <laughs> I won't give them to him. And then he's starting to put in the age factors. <laughs> I mean, we're getting old, but he's a little older than me. And I mean, I'm, he's, let's get it straight. If you get ever talking to him, he's ducking me. Oh, what like no, number? You know what? Hey, we have summer content. We got summer yeah, content. Yeah, we'll make told, this work. He told all me. Right. I said, all right. All right. All right. There's zero chance he's beating me. <laughs> zero. But that's that's Rod Brindamore on the Easter Automotive Group hotline. Uh, I definitely want to get Rod Brindamore out there. Uh, with Sydney Lowe, we're gonna, you think we can? We can we get Elliot Avon out there too? You think? Yeah, pop him on there because you're confusing Let's, him right now. Uh, yeah, we are absolutely confusing Elliot Avon, head coach. Of NC Elliot, State can you hear us on the Easter Automotive Group hotline? Can Can Coach hear us? I don't know. Can you I hear me know. now? <laughs> All right. Tell you what. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna bring on Darren Vaught, yeah, ACC baseball, uh, etc. While Elliot Avent is trying to figure out the technology aspect of this. Darren, what's going on, man? Surprise. We're going to try to talk to Elliot Avent here in a second because this is all live to tape podcasting right now. <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, you guys know I love Elliot. So hopefully he gets that figured out. Yes. Um, uh, no, good to be on my favorite vigilante sports show. 
<laughs> I think Levitard already calls his the pirate ship, so we're gonna have to find something else to do. Yeah, vigilante's uh, good, to... right? You can work. Yeah, with no, that. I like vig- yeah, I was gonna say taking names, you know, kicking <laughs> ass. It's it's what we're gonna do. Speaking of which, the SEC seems to be the one that's kicking ass. I guess we can start here before we talk to Elliot Avon as he's figuring out technology. That like they're playing Campbell. Everybody's upset that Campbell is not hosting. They had a minor league ballpark in Fayetteville that they could have used. There's clearly, you know, there's hotel rooms around. Instead, it goes to Kentucky where there's a Tyler Childers show and other things going on. And there's no hotels. And they're going to charge teams $185 a night to stay in dorm rooms on the Kentucky campus. What am I? I get that the SEC runs things, but y'all, this doesn't make any sense, Darren. Yeah. It, when it comes to the hosting bids, I am. Uh... I, I'm, talk. <laughs> I'm about as confused oh. as you guys because, oh um, look, I, I thought the ACC deserved another host with Boston College. Turns out North Carolina and UNCW have to go to Terre Haute, Indiana, the peak of civilization. Um, and Indiana State had a great season. I'm not diminishing that. I mean, we had a, a regional in Statesboro last year because of Georgia Southern having such mm-hmm. a good season. Um but it does seem like there's a little bit of a, a little bit of SEC skew um, with certain things, and uh, I don't always love that. All right, can we can we try can we try Elliot Avid again? NC State baseball coach is Elliot Avid there? Can he hear us? He could see us now. He could see sure. us. I don't know if he, and he's got somebody working on tech. Maybe he's got one of his players uh, working here. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, well, we'll, we'll go back to him. We'll go back to him. All right. Sticking with Campbell, since we were talking about NC State, yeah. this is a squad that has beaten some other North, like some pretty good North Carolina teams. What they beat ECU, I mean, mm-hmm. what they beat North Carolina. Uh, so this is not a this is not a slouch situation. This, can, this Campbell squad's pretty good. Yeah, and this is it's what's it's a product of what's been building for several years now under their head coach Justin Hare. Th- this team can score with anyone in the country, and I mean that anyone like. Put your Wake Forests up there. Put your Virginias up there. Put your LSUs up there. Campbell's going to score runs. The only thing with them is are they going to give up more than they score? Um, It's a a really, really interesting team that can hit one through nine. Um, It's anecdotal, but I did did one ESPN Plus game of Campbell's Mm. this season. In that game, their nine-hole batter went three for three with – two home runs in his first two plate appearances. I mean, it's just that kind of lineup. Um, they're they're that good. They're that good. And I, I think a lot of people sort of assumed that they were going to try to to potentially put in a hosting bid mm-hmm. for Bowie's Creek for Jim Perry Stadium, which don't get me wrong, is a beautiful facility. Yeah, now but they don't have they don't have the seats. It's, no, it's, it's seats the capacity. Like twelve hundred. It's like twelve hundred yeah. people. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's it's the capacity that was that was going to be the issue. So even despite you know they they've gotten basically free renovations from when they hosted the the Astros affiliate for that one summer, the, yeah. and they were the Bowie's Creek Astros for a year and a year only before shipping over to Fayetteville. Um, the the Houston Astros organization sort of helped them out and built some things up to where it's a really, really nice facility, but they were going to need to put the bid in at Segra stadium in Fayetteville. And they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to have seen that obviously. And that's, it's just us being, being North Carolina homers. Um, I don't, right. I don't, I don't have a particular reason that it should have been the case as opposed to Indiana state, but um, it would have been cool to see it. And, and a, it would have been a good nod to what, what Campbell has done. 
the SEC and Darren Vaught, ACC Baseball, et cetera, is the podcast. While Jillio, if you're watching on our YouTube stream, is trying to like, I, I guess of all of all people that's being tech support, I'm really not confident that Joe is going to be the one that's going to be able to make this work because I'm usually his tech support. So this whole thing, welcome, Darren. You're seeing this amateur hour unfold in real time. Unlike the SEC, which is really just like professional baseball at this point. And I am starting to wonder if the nature of the college baseball tournament leading into the College World Series, that what they've won four out of the last six mm-hmm. College World Series, right? And you look at who gets to host these things. You look at their facilities. You look at what coaches are making. I know Chris over at Dagon Box Scores had pointed out that I didn't realize this. There are SEC baseball coaches that are making more money than Major League Baseball coaches. There are like Major League Baseball coaches who have left Major League Baseball to become SEC coaches. Like, that's that, a thing. That is mind-boggling <laughs> yeah. to me. That's mind-boggling <laughs> to me. I feel like in basketball, because there's five, there's five on the court, you can end up with the FAUs, right? The, the surprises, butlers, those types of things. With football, there's so much talent that can be spread around. You can find yourself with some surprises in the course of the season. Baseball's different because of scholarships, because of facilities, something that Elliot Avent has to work through all the time. I just feel like this is going in a direction that if you're not a hardcore baseball observer, I feel like what's going on with the money infused in the sport, it's really, you know, people talk about level playing fields, right? I feel like it's really not possible in baseball right now with the way things are going. Yeah, it's that's not you're not off in that observation. And I would say, too, that now the money is making its way into the NIL space and even creating more of a disparity. Right. I mean, what we are in the ACC, we are hands and hands down, heads and shoulders above the third best college baseball conference in the country. Like it's no one's disputing that it's the SEC and then the ACC. And now you get instances where players are getting poached from ACC teams to SEC teams. And again, it's that's one and two. That's what's happening between one and two in college yeah. baseball. Imagine being a, a Sunbelt team, you know, <sighs> Eastern Kentucky trying to be competitive. All right. So I think we, th- I think we've witnessed a miracle where Joe Gilio has been tech support for somebody else. Usually it's, I usually I'm tech support for Joe Jillio's out here being tech support for NC State head coach Elliot Avent. Coach, can you hear us now? Yeah, I got that. They didn't teach me this, Joe, at Red Oak Elementary School. I didn't. I, I skipped this class. Come on, coach. We all went to state, or at least three of us went to state. Not Darren Vaught. Like, there's, there's. A, I know there's a building you can go to on State's campus, and I spent a good chunk of time from 1997 to 2001 when I first met you. By the way, when I was at WKNC, that you come on. I know you got tech support there. <laughs> I'm not just a tech guy. I'm not. I don't know where Joe's at on this uh, ladder, but I'm. I'm at the bottom rung of tech. I promise you that. All right. Well, I'll let Joe and Darren Vaught take this over because I know they got questions for you. All right, Elliot Avent in the NCAA tournament for the 20th time in 27 seasons with NC State, trying to get to the Super Regional for the sixth time. Trying to get to that College World Series for the third time, E. Uh, have you had a, a moment here to reflect this week on some of these accomplishments and, and just kind of getting back into the into the bracket? I know it's got to be a, a tremendous relief for you. No, not 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 reflect on on past years, but I've done a lot of reflection on this year. This has been a really 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 I don't know what word you want to use. You can call it tough. You can call it trying. 
this has been a year when you you know when you start with 21 new players, and I think y'all were just talking about the transfer portal when I hopped on. So 21 new players, a lot of that due to the transfer portal or some of that. And uh, you're thinking as a coach, how do you bring these people together? And uh, and I believe in the true team concept. I think that's what separates college from professional sports. One of the things is you get that true, what they used to call the old college try where everybody comes together and everybody tries to, to pull more for, for each other than they do for themselves. And society through the years keeps changing that and changing that and society tries as much as they can to teach you about self instead of about, you know, others. And through that, <clears throat> I think college sports has become much more difficult. Now it suits some people. Some people like, like they like to bring in people, just bring people in, let them play and see where it works out and get a lot of talent. But the way we've always done it at NC State is, is get people here, get them to pull for one another, play for one another, develop them, and uh, and uh, and you have a chance to have something special toward the end of the year. And that's what we've always tried to do. This year has been the most difficult that we've ever had. Now, w- with that is 21 new players. With that is what I'm talking about, the societal changes through this affected college athletics. And then we didn't have a field for a great part of the season. You know, we started out the – fall we kind of rushed through fall practice we have 45 days to get 28 practices in and we just kind of flew through it so they could start renovating our field and uh, so we'd be ready when the uh, seasons started and uh, so we missed that time after practice those 28 days when you get on the field and get a lot of individual work skill work with players and and get to know them and 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 bring people together get get a relationship going with players we missed a great deal of that, and then uh, there were some complications with getting the field ready. So we actually didn't get the field ready to like right up the week of the season, right before we opened up. And so you, your preseason was kind of a blur. And uh, there were times this year when I thought we could never get this team to this point. And so my reflection, my reflection has been mostly on I'm so proud of these guys for sticking with this thing, and Toward the end of the year, you can see us coming together. Toward the end of the year, you can see us playing our best ball of the season. And you just were hoping it was good enough to get us to this point because once you get over that threshold of postseason, it doesn't really matter what's beside your name or one or three or four or what have you. It doesn't really matter. When you get to this point of the season, you you feel like you have a chance to do some special things. And, and my reflection is only like I'm so happy for this team and I'm so happy uh, for this program that we're at this point. Elliot, I consider you an authority uh, on being on the wrong end of an NCAA decision. So I'm curious on your opinion. Should should Campbell be a host for this regional? Did they get the wrong uh, you know, stick on this? You know, I don't have enough. You, you got to have – You know, a lot of people can make opinions, and certainly I can have one, and maybe I'm more um, equipped to have an opinion because I've been in this business for a long time. But – I uh, I know Campbell is certainly deserving of being a host with all the metrics that they – how they played, how they finished up. They won their tournament. Uh, RPI was in the top, you know, 16. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but I kept up thus more. But I, I heard some stuff, and I think they were whatever they were in their RPI. So, yeah, they were certainly deserving. There's no question about it. And uh, 
but uh, I'm not the only one, Joe, that's been on the wrong end of NCAA decisions. They uh, they got a multitude of people. I, I'm gonna let Darren talk to you now because Darren has put up with our circus here today, and you know he has questions like actual baseball actual questions baseball for questions. you. And I know this isn't actually it's really cool regional. I know it's not probably played in the spot it's supposed to be with South Carolina State. Campbell, I'm sure you've already seen your old friend Ray Tanner, so I'm sure there's been some reunion stuff there too. So I'll, I'll let, I'm going to defer to Darren here. Yeah, no, no, no. I appreciate you guys, um, Elliot. Good to see you. It it sounds like maybe were you sweating this bid a little bit? Um, I know when we talked later in the year, it was kind of like, no, nah, we're in, we're fine, we're fine. But this sounds like maybe you were you were sweating it a little bit. Well, disappointment, um, prior disappointment breeds paranoia. <laughs> and you know, last year, last year when we uh, when we didn't get in, when all the experts and I'm talking about real experts. I mean, I think y'all, I consider y'all experts at what y'all do. I think y'all are fabulous. You know, obviously, I have a personal friendship with each one of you, but through that friendship, I've learned of y'all's knowledge of all sports, and I think you become. Uh, and, and I'm so tickled this podcast. You know, Joe and I had a conversation probably a a month ago or maybe more. And I'm just so happy this podcast is not only that I'm on it, but I'm very happy how it's thriving and I'm hearing wonderful things and it just makes me really happy. But, you know, last year, all the experts, you know, Kendall Rogers, Aaron Fitt, Baseball America, you know, Teddy, everybody had us as a two seed. So as a two seed, all you, you think about is where we're going. You know what I'm saying? That's your only concern. Yeah. When we didn't get in last year, it was the biggest shock I've had since I've been in college sports other than them sending us home from Omaha. That's the two biggest shocks that I've had, and I think they were very both poor decisions. And uh, But I was on the end, and our team was on the end of those decisions. So, yes, this year did I sweat? I watched probably 172 games since we got beat by Miami. <laughs> And we were out of that tournament. I just sat there. I'm not good at tech, but I'm good at ESPN three and taking that clicker to whatever pitch or whatever inning and whatever game I want to get to. And it seems like whoever I pulled for lost. So I became my own curse and their curse because whoever I was pulling for that supposedly were bubble with us, uh, it just became a nightmare. The, those last three, four days, Darren, yeah. were a nightmare for me and – I, I finally figured out how much my wife really, really loves me. <laughs> For her to still be with me, she not only sat there and, and, and saw it, she had, she actually did a lot of it with me and sweated with me and felt with me. And it was just uh, – it was a tough three days. So when you hear your name called that Monday, it was the biggest elation for your team and relief that I can remember in a long time. First time in your life you ever rooted for ECU. And look what it got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I rooted hard too. You tell Cliff I rooted hard. I pulled hard. Don't worry. I was cursing them for you, and you know James is going there. So I'm like adopting the Pirates now, my friend. But when they lost the Tulane, I'm like, damn it! Did they just take the Wolves out? Yeah, it was unbelievable. All right, Darren. I think we got time for one more. You got one more? Yeah, I got one more. Um, this is a little bit more general, Elliot. You, you talked about uh, sort of the the nature by which this team came together for for you. Um, in what ways would you say they've they've grown the most since day one till now? Um, p- partly, um, I think anytime you go through some 
perseverance things you grow as a team. So obviously we persevered a lot this year with some disappointments, a lot of tough losses, a lot of close losses, a lot of losses unexplicably that we did things at an inopportune time that would cost you a game, things you couldn't believe. Um, I know somebody I was pulling for, uh, Northeastern, dropped a pop-up. <laughs> to, yeah. to Wilmington won that game. Uh, and uh, so I think through some adversity, there's a growth spurt there that can build some confidence. So I think that's how we've grown. And I think we've learned to pull for one another, except that it's not all about me. And you finally come to grips with, I thought I was going to be the three-hole hitter. I thought I was going to play center field. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was going to pitch every game. You know what I'm saying? Until, you know, you you accept your – or you may not accept your roles, but you learn how to deal with your role for the betterment of the team. I think that's the best way that we've grown and stuck together through it because a lot of times through those things, you don't grow, you actually fall further apart. And I think that's been – the most, most way I'd say. And then this game, every time you play this game, you get better. You get better, you get more comfortable, and uh, you build some confidence through some things that you're capable of doing, and, and uh, you understand what you have to do in certain situations. So I think that's how we've grown. But it's uh, it, trust me, this, is, this has been as much fun being here. Like I said, this could be, have been uh, the most trying season, certainly the one that I remember the most, but you tend to remember the things – in recent memory. So, uh, but this has been one of the more challenging teams to try to get to this point. And uh, so with that, it might be also the most rewarding. Yeah. Elliot Avent, head coach, NC State. We appreciate the time. We'll let you get back to breakfast. Thanks for working. Well, I want to make sure y'all see this, especially Joe. This is special to all of us right here. You see Chris Combs. Yes. Oh, yes. Being here, being here in South Carolina, you mentioned Ray Tanner, Jimmy Tobin's lobby show up down here. I, Got a text from Sammy Esposito this morning. Clark Cox, who used to be our ground screw, he's a, he's the head of the facilities here. And there's just so many people that have an NC State tie. So uh, I thought wearing this shirt to breakfast was appropriate. You also already have your first win of the weekend because you got the computer to work and join us. So you know, <laughs> if you're one of Columbia. You're hot, right? It's easier on a computer than isn't that little phone I had. That's funny. My flip phone just wasn't working, Joe. My flip phone wasn't working. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Best of luck. Hey, I'm, so, hey, I'm so excited about the show, too. I think it's awesome hey. seeing you three faces right here. All that y'all do for college sports in the triangle. It's And like I said, I mean every word I said. Y'all's knowledge of all sports is in a sports, you know, area, sports city, sports triangle is uh, pretty cool. So it's good to see y'all. Y'all have a good day and a good weekend. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. And Darren, bet you weren't expecting that today, Darren, right? What a, no, see, no, Darren, this, this, thing is on the what, fly, man. this is what I'm trying to accomplish. <laughs> like my brother texted me yesterday. He's like, well, why did you leave? You could edit that out. I go. That's what I miss no. about live radio, baby. Right. <laughs> the spontaneity of it all. We can have the best of both worlds. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's kind of my attitude. Anyway, Darren, we appreciate it, man. Have fun watching the games this weekend. Of course. We'll do. See you guys. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. They're getting the Heaster Automotive Group is getting their bang for their buck today. Absolutely. Elliot Avent, that that whole extravaganza, and obviously our conversation with Rod Brindamore. Goodness gracious, I'm going to have to, like, catch myself. Next topic, please.
Big th- big shout out to Oak City Sports Cards. By the way, how much do you think a Rod Brindamore rookie card would be? I, I, you can get a decent one that's autographed. I know that because Weston has one at Oak City Cards. Go check them out downtown Raleigh, uh, right off of Glenwood there in, in the heart of Glenwood. Buy, sell, get your cards graded. Uh, if you have any idea or inkling of selling your cards and getting the best value for you, you have to get them graded. Weston can help you with that. It's oakcitycards.com. And yes, I know you saw it in the uh, St. Louis Blues uniform. Rod yes. Brandenburg didn't even look like Rod Brandenburg. No, no. Uh, but had a very sweet rookie card auto. Uh, so all, all kinds of collectibles down there hockey, basketball, football, baseball, you, you Pokemon, garbage belt kids. I think he had some American Idol packs in there too. I saw the, yeah, I saw those. So, you know, if, you, if you're trying to find it, Weston's got it, oakcitycards.com. Shout out to Breeze Through as well. Breeze Through throughout the triangle. Uh, great coffee, good snacks, beer caves, crowler, growler machine outside PNC Arena because we're already thinking about football, right? We're already thinking about football. So uh, I know they do uh, pretty good stuff for uh, the tailgate season. Because look, let's be honest, when you're getting to the game, you're in a rush to get there as quickly as you possibly can. You might have forgotten something. Breeze Through's got it for you. Always. And ice. That that feels like the number yeah, one thing. Is, I don't know about you. Ski. Plus, you get gas, and then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm going to go to the beach. And you look in your cooler, and you're like, I don't want these warm bottles. And I don't nope. want to stop every two miles either. Although, at my age, we got to pee. But mm-hmm. if you have a cooler with the cold, cold drinks, you're on your way to a, a good vacation. Also, shout out to Mosquito Authority, Past Authority. It is June. All right. It is. It's. I know it's been cool. The temperatures have been kind of weird. It got into the 80s yesterday, but you know that unseasonably cool May is going to give way to a brutal summer and mosquitoes are going to get active. You can handle that with Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. But obviously, Joe, as you know, they do more than that because you've experienced it. Yeah, way more than just bugs. You know, you got termites under the house, which I realize is a bug, but you also have moisture, some mold and mildew issues. I got mice. I had mice in my attic. I don't have many more yeah. because... Not only did they take care of the upstairs where the mice were, Joe, they took care of the downstairs where the mice were getting in under the house. So, again, when I tell you they can take care of all of your needs, I am not lying. Go to BugsBite.com and check out Hayes Lancaster and his wonderful people with Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. All right, let's get to some Hey Joe questions brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Give them a call. You can order online, 919 Five nine four sixteen zero five. I was I was the slacker last night. I did not ask for Hey Joe questions last night, so I did it this morning. Uh, so shout out to everybody who came through. Look at this golfers are golfing question, Joe from Howard. U.S. Open in a couple of weeks. Who's your pick to win outside of Rom and Scheffler? Well, the the hot pick right now is is the homie Max Homa, who like all of his PGA Tour wins have come in the state of California. The Open is at Los Angeles Country Club. I think the other Cali golfers are now, now they're not long shots by any means, but Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, if they're ever going to win a major, you figure it's out in Cali and a course where the, the conditions suit their talents. All right. From I am the Gumi. Interesting name. What's the best golf shot you've ever made? Mm. I feel like you remember the ones you don't make, Joe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the one <laughs> I, I would say the best one I ever made was the, the first tee – I was playing a scramble with Dabo Sweeney, and he had no idea who I was. Of and I was slightly hungover. We were in Pinehurst. It was at the ACC kickoff. And we we actually teed off on a par three, and I nearly hit a hole in one. And he turned to me, and he looked at me, 
And he was like, what did you say you do besides play golf? And I was like, oh, oh, don't be fooled. I go, I am the world's greatest first hole player. But yes, uh, <laughs> very, very close. I've never had an ace. Never had an ace. Never had I've, one? Come, okay. I've had like four or five this spring, like even one two weeks ago where I, the, the, the whole rats on my parents' house where I thought I jarred it and like oh, sand geez. popped up and we were all like, oh, my God, I did it only to be disappointed. I would say um, I got to go. I got to go way in the way back machine. And um, it was at Cheviot Hills. Remember Cheviot yes, Hills? The hills of Cheviot. Dude, Cheviot Hills to me was one of the best bangs for your buck golf courses that existed. Uh, now it's all car dealerships and everything else. I mean, tour, I take my car and everything else. Um, and I ended up like, I want to say it was like the second hole or third hole. It was early and it was one of those aha moments of golf. This is why I will always remember it where, you know, you, you're bad off the tee you maybe have an errant shot. It's whatever not you, not me, <laughs> but I think it was like the second or third hole. I ended up having like the perfect sequence. Like I hit it straight. Didn't go far, but I hit it straight. My nine wood. I hit that thing straight. Your trusty nine. My trusty nine one, and I got that thing just outside the green. And then I pitched, and it went in, like off the off the uh, off the flag. I was like, "What? See, this isn't so hard. What is this sorcery? This isn't hard, right? You get into a rhythm, right? And you it it like fools you into thinking, oh yeah, if I just do this more often. No, it's the biggest mistake you can make playing golf. You think if you just do it more often, you'll get better." No, you'll just add to your own frustration. That's that's my golf story. All right. From Kevin. Going to phrase this one spoiler free, but where do you think Ted Lasso goes from here? I have not watched Ted Lasso since midway through the second season. I, didn't, I don't even think I got to the Christmas special, but I keep up with the pop culture stuff. My guess is they're probably going to have some sort of spinoff for Ted Lasso because the IP is too popular. That's what happens, Joe. Uh, yeah, I watched it last night, finished it up. I thought the season started kind of Oliver in Brady Bunch weird with Zava. And I was kind of mm-hmm. like, eh. but really the second half of the season was everything that you wanted. Uh, the, it'll be a movie would be my guess uh, where, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, but uh, really they did a really good job this season. Emotional, well-written, all those good things that you want to see out of your, out of your, out of your written scripted TV. Uh, from Flair 11, top tailgating scenes you've experienced. Hmm. Uh, well, Penn State, top of the list. Tennessee, NC State, Clemson. Uh, Not the stadium series. <laughs> no, the stadium series Because nobody, nobody, nobody could get there. I mean, Honestly, you know, one of the top tailgating experiences for me was early on in the Canes run. It was the 0-2 conference finals with Toronto. Yes. Yeah, I mean that was all. I mean that's yep. that to me is where the whole tailgating shtick about the Canes began, and it truly made a difference. And that was an off the chart scene back in 02. I have been told I really, really need to get to a game at LSU and Old Miss. I have been to a game at Alabama, but uh, I think Shula's kid was the the coach, so they oh, were geez. not running hot when I went okay. to a game in Alabama. It was still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, Wisconsin is also really cool too. I, I love Madison, Wisconsin. We, we tailgated in a zoo. Shout out to Alcraft. All right. And lastly, from Zach, uh, do you clean your grill grates off after you finish grilling or do you wait until the next grill session? I always wait until the next grill session. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm probably, I'm probably adding all levels of bacteria 
yeah, to, I mean, to the grill. I got my mom is like worried we're getting cancer from from wire brushes and all. I'm supposed to use a lemon. I'm supposed to use an onion. Oh, geez. Listen, I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but if you know anything about me, when I cook, I clean like instantly. Like I clean the, the second I'm done with a pot. The second oh, really? I'm done, yeah. I'm, I don't. I, I, I wait. I wait. So, yes, with the grill, I, I'll leave it on. I'll flame it up and scrub it off so that the next time gotcha. all I got to do is pan it and move it along. All right, and lastly from Craig, is this the best NC State-related photo ever? It's David Thompson as a Jedi. <laughs> Used to be in the Denver ESPN zone. RIP the ESPN zones. And, yeah, that is Skywalker. That is that is an amazing That's mural. So good. Goodness gracious. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, you know what, Craig? Now you've got me curious. Now I'm going to go down a rabbit hole to try and find where this – art piece exists okay like, who got it who bought it off of ebay that's what i want to know I'll, I'll tweet it out later now that i have permission again but no the best nc state photo ever was the one that ethan hyman got from nc state's loss to south carolina in 2017 in charlotte and it was the stages of dejection and the one guy oh oh geez it is right. the best nc state photo ever taken I think we understand that this area is pretty ridiculous when it comes to home inventory, the buyer's market and everything else. And hometown realty can help you out with not just residential, but commercial as well. Check them out online at myhtr.com. Yeah, I have the tweet ready to go, Joe. Uh, intern Tanner got our sign tweets at welcome my hometown realty to Bang bang Joe game. But Joe Gang. <laughs> hey, check them out though. Myhtr.com 919-550-7355. You got needs in Raleigh. I drove by the Garner office yesterday, Clayton, Selma, and also Atlantic Beach. They got more than 250 agents. That's right? crazy. So do not be fooled by the oh, this, this, this quaint little my hometown. No, no, no. With a nine one area code yeah. has got you covered. Go check them out. Myhtr.com. And shout out to Whitaker and Hamer. Check them out online, wh.lawyer. We got news during the course of today's recording, Joe. We're officially an LLC. We are. We are officially. Well, we have to sign some paperwork, but it finally went through, which means yes. we actually can like start up a bank account, which is kind of important. It is. Uh, but, you know, look, <laughs> if, if you find yourself in a situation where you need some legal advice, you want to start things up, Whitaker and Hamer, one stop. For all this, sorts of legal needs. This is all I'm going to tell you. A hometown realty, right? They're smart. They know what they're doing. Yeah. You can't be a company of that size. Do you know who they use? They do a lot of business with? Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Boom. So go check them out. Again, www.wh.lawyer. We're going over there in Garner today to check them out, to have a Mojo reunion. I cannot wait. I'm excited about this. I'll see if I can fit into an old 620 The Bull t-shirt. Oh, that's in the attic right now. Probably not. Please Probably don't. Not. Bat for ratings is good. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep the bat. I haven't even <laughs> washed it yet. I mean, it, it clearly came in the bag, and it has a little has a little bit of that new shirt smell new car to smell. it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that new shirt smell to it. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and rock this uh, today. All right, we'll get out of here on this, Joe. RIP the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, I know that there was Already? a lot of – Yeah, yeah. So huh. the, the early season – the early season television schedule was released yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it was only interesting in the sense of like, well, what games are they going to try to put on the streaming services and the new change of the deals? 
Uh, look at that. Deion Sanders is now prime time. He's literally coach prime. Well, now they're going to put him in prime time situations because people have the curiosity of watching Colorado football with Deion Sanders. But there's also some changes in the bowl names. So the sponsors have changed. So the, the cheesy bowl is gone. Long live the Pop-Tart Bowl, Joe. Oh, they could dump the mini Pop-Tarts. No, so I want they're full Pop-Tarts. Full Pop-Tarts. You want the big Pop-Tarts? Give me the big Pop-Tarts. So I decided to play like a, a waste little... of big Pop-Tarts. Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. So I've, I thought we'd have a little uh, a little bit of a game here um, to uh, go down a Pop-Tart flavor rabbit hole. Okay. Okay. Because uh, everything is off the charts. This is the, the Pop-Tarts website. Uh, you can now get frosted banana bread Pop-Tarts and Apple Jacks frosted Pop-Tarts, cinnamon flavor Pop-Tarts. Are you interested in those? Both. Yes. Two for okay. two. See, for me, I was growing up Fat Joe uh, back when I was, you know, 235 in a size 40 pant. You see these bad boys right here? The yeah, chocolate fudge. Fastball. That's the fastball. Boom. Yeah. That's it right there. The chocolate fudge is the go-to. My second favorite go-to, if they still exist, was the s'mores. There it is. Dude, here's the thing about s'mores. You get the s'mores, heat them up, and then put some ice cream on top of it. Wait, um, wait a second. All of these pop tarts are rated. Yeah. Wait, who who doesn't like a pop tart? Uh, wait well, a second. There's what different is going flavors. On? There's different flavors, obviously. So now I'm curious. So like the simply strawberry only has four stars. Oh man, because it's not sugary enough. <laughs> I guess it's not sugary. Wait, enough. what did the chocolate the fudge, fudge, our favorite, get? The chocolate fudge, I think, are. Wait a minute, the chocolate fudge are only three point seven. Hold on what? a second. Hold on a second. What shenanigans? What is this? I need the ratings. All right. Oh, uh, they actually have. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> Buns, wait, wait, this the is worst pop tart of now. all Come time. <laughs> uh, love the chocolate fudge. Yeah, see, all it needs is vanilla ice cream. Uh, yeah, that's what I've done in the past. Yeah. All right, where I need more of what? the one stars. Give me more of the one stars. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can 15? find the one star. One rating. stars. Fifteen. Now uh, tastes like Red Hots. What? <laughs> no, that's you just no. lost a fifty-year customer. Bring it back. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's new, horrible. It's crap. <laughs> what? <laughs> You know what? Now I feel like we have to go buy these ch- uh, chocolate fudge pop tarts to see what happens. The new yeah. flavor. Yep. Uh, maybe they changed the sugar content in it. I don't know. Maybe right. that's the case. Maybe that's <laughs> what they did here. Wow. I, we learned something new today. The oh, website man. has ratings for this. All right, Joe. Five stars only. Five stars only. <laughs> All right. Now I'm time to play a little, uh, a little Q&A. Does okay. this pop tart exist? Oh, okay. The pop tart pretzel sweet and salty breakfast toaster strudel. Mm, no incorrect it does you can get them at uh, oh. Club right now you get the cinnamon sugar and chocolate pretzel uh, you're right pretzel's a thing pretzel hey dude pretzels with chocolate i do it with come Nutella on all the we're time. having a whole guest we're all bring oh is he is just gave there? me a big shout out yeah is ethan there here. Yeah, yep. awesome. Come on. Love that. Come on. <laughs> no we're live we are live to tape, ethan. People down. come on now <laughs> we're going through pop tarts all, all right. right uh he can't hear you so it's fine it's fine does an orange, does an orange crush soda flavor pop tart exist? Orange crush soda pop tart. Does that exist? I don't think it feels so. like something they would have the copyright to. So it yes, absolutely does. Yes, yeah. it does exist. This is from the Pop Tarts Instagram account. All right, next one. Does a watermelon flavor pop tart exist? Yes, yes, yes. It does. Uh, this was like 386 weeks ago. Uh, they apparently come out in the summer. I guess it's like cookout when they do their watermelon shakes. Sure. Uh, I'm sure it's naturally I'm, flavored, Joe. <laughs> I don't, I'm not so sure I'm interested in trying that one. Yes, I'm sure it's very naturally flavored. All right. 
root beer flavored pop tart yes yep branded a and w branded a and w yes that's that's a thing that actually uh existed i don't know if i would be interested in in that uh all right let's see what else do we have here maple and bacon is that one that exists uh it's a popular donut but i don't think it's a pop tart incorrect it is indeed a pop tart they got make the the bacon flavor right up like hmm is it little is it little bits of bacon on top of the that's, that's pop the bacon bits from the actual dog treats yes <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Brutal. <laughs> all right and let's see do we have another one here ah. i can't i can't believe you're not going to try to fake try to fake me with the fake ranch one uh what about vanilla latte vanilla latte sure Yes, they had a limited edition Dunkin' Donuts vanilla latte at one point in time. Yeah. And let's see, what else do we have here in terms of flavors? Uh, we have cookie dough. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course they do. They got the chocolate chip cookie dough. You know, it has seven uh, vitamins and minerals. <laughs> sure it does. Wait, are you saying there's a ranch one? No, remember on the Twitters... They they put one out and someone's like, "Would you try these?" And they were fake. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm actually looking at the image here. Yeah, cool. oh, oh god, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, no. There is no subscriber number. No, and they don't exist. I want them to exist. <laughs> I want them to exist. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Ogus Very eventful edition. <laughs> it really was. Look, folks, when I say I miss the spontaneity of radio, today <laughs> today provided. I feel whole again. Yesterday I felt whole because we did the show in person. Today I feel complete because we had some ridiculousness unfold in the middle of the recording. We will see you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.